You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the official podcast of the Milwaukee Brewers. This is Brewers on Tap. Here's the pitch. A Time to tap the keg with Lane Grindle. Well, welcome to Chicago as the Brewers getting set to embark upon a four-game series with the Chicago Cubs in the midst of this nine-game road trip. Of course, three more on the back end of this road trip in Cincinnati as well. It's been a great road trip so far. Brewers winning both games of that mini-series with the Kansas City Royals in Kansas City. Uh, both games of 5-2 to two and then 6-2 to two on Wednesday night. So it's been a good start to this road trip for the crew, and the crew now winners of eight in a row after winning the last six of the final homestand. The Brewers are on a roll. It's the longest winning streak since June 28th through July 5th of 2015. The team hasn't won nine in a row since 2014. That was early April, uh, April 4th through the 13th of 2014 for the crew. So the crew is in some Pretty good territory right now. First place in the NL Central, a game up on the St. Louis Cardinals, and one of the best starts after 25 games in franchise history currently for the crew. How have they done it? Well, they've done it in a lot of ways. The starters are getting it done. 7-1 and one with a 2.54 ERA over the last 11 games for the Brewers starting pitching. So that's really good. The bullpen, maybe even better. They have tossed... 28 consecutive innings without surrendering an earned run. And they've allowed just 11 hits during that stretch. Really impressive stuff. You've got Jeremy Jeffress pitching to a .68. Josh Hader to a 1.17. He struck out ridiculous numbers. He struck out over 30 guys in just over 15 innings pitched. Jacob Barnes pitching to a 1.26. Matt Albers to a 1.42. Dan Jennings to a 1.50. Taylor Williams has been good as well. The Brewers are getting it done right now on the mound and having a lot of success because of it. Now, that is not all the news. There has been some negative news, too, and the tough news coming uh, on Wednesday that Eric Thames had to head to the disabled list uh, with a thumb injury. A torn UCL was the original diagnosis, and we'll wait and see exactly what the timetable is going to be on Eric Thames' return, which means Jesus Aguilar and Ryan Braun are going to get a lot of reps, obviously, at first base moving forward. Maybe in the future we'll see G-Man Choi back up with the crew before it's all said and done as well. So that was certainly tough news for the Brewers, the injury to Eric Thames. Uh, the Brewers, though, uh, having a, a very good stretch here. This has been a good month of April, as we told you, and in very, very good position. They're going to throw Chase Anderson on Thursday night against the Cubs, then Brent Suter, then Junior Guerin, then Zach Davies rounding out the four-game series here with Chicago. All right, here's what we have coming your way on the podcast this week. A lot of interviews. We're going to talk to Lorenzo Cain about his return to Kansas City. He got a standing ovation when he came to the plate for the first time on Tuesday night. Then he hit a home run, got another standing ovation from the crowd after he hit the home run. We'll talk to him. We're also going to talk to Jacob Barnes about that bullpen. We're just telling you about the numbers the bullpen's put together. We're going to talk to him as well. And Fox Sports Wisconsin and former Brewer, Bill Schroeder is going to join us. 
color analyst on Fox Sports Wisconsin. We're going to talk about the Brewers. But most importantly, we're going to talk with Rock about Davey Nelson. Uh, the news this week that Davey Nelson passed was tough news for everybody in the Brewers family. Uh, Davey, a former first base coach with the Brewers, a former roving instructor with the Brewers, and, uh, of course, a longtime broadcaster and the director of alumni relations with the Brewers. Um, just a, an incredible impact to the Brewers organization, an incredible impact to baseball as a professional player and as a guy uh, that had been around the game for a long time. And beyond that, David Elson, a guy that made a big impact off the diamond as well and away from the field uh, with his work with the Open Arms Orphanage in South Africa and his work in mentoring young uh, children across uh, the Milwaukee area and the friendships that he provided. Uh, Davey Nelson is going to be missed, and we'll talk to Bill Schroeder about that as well. That is all coming up. Let's start jumping into it with Lorenzo Cain, our first guest. Uh, I don't consider myself a platoon player right now. I'm still early in my career. I feel like I'm an everyday player. And uh, In 2015, when I got the opportunity to hit against lefties, I did a pretty good job. It's different for everyone. Um, I think every, every hitter has their own plan. But whatever your strong suit is, that should be uh, your plan. But once I got up, I, it was a little bit of a mentality. It was... Uh, it wasn't pitching to my strengths. It was trying to pitch to the hitter's weaknesses, and that's where guys get caught up in uh, trying to do too much. Now for the clubhouse conversation. Lorenzo Kane, uh, special time for you yesterday. Uh, I know you've been inundated with people that uh, have all wanted to come say hello to you and welcome you back to Kansas City. Um, not very often that something like that happens and you get to perform at the level that you did last night. Uh, it had to be a really fun night overall for you. Yeah, overall, a uh, fun night. Um, like you said, a lot of handshakes, a lot of signing, a lot of hugs. So, uh, you know, it was definitely special, you know, and I definitely enjoyed it to the fullest. And uh, like I said, I had a big, big smile on my face the entire game. So uh, it, it was definitely a blast. How much over the course of the game were the guys in the first base dugout, the Royals dugout, talking to you when you came to the plate, when you were on base? Uh, was there a lot more conversation than normal? Yeah, it was a lot, a lot of conversation uh, throughout the entire game. Um, like I say, from from the hug with Salvi at the beginning to if I when I got on base, I was talking to Witt and Esky and Moose. I mean, the entire team, Gordo, all the guys. So, uh, like I say, it was good to see. It's good to see those guys. You know, good to play play them. And uh, like I said, just happy happy to be back and get a chance to play in front of you know fans that I played in front of for so long. You know that these fans were. I think you probably knew they were going to give you a great ovation when you came to the plate for the first time but you hit the home run late in the game and they they all get to their feet and they cheer you that that, that doesn't happen to everybody that had to make you really feel special yeah for sure um like i say you don't you don't get to you know hit a home run on the road and uh have you know pretty much the entire stadium cheering for you so uh that was definitely a special feeling as well you know um like i said that just shows how much they love me how much they they care for me and, and uh support me for you know for the things we did here while i was here um it was amazing. So, uh, like I said, to hit a home run and, and get the home plate and everybody's cheering uh, definitely made me feel good. I know for you it's 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 about the game first, though. So is there a part of you that's glad that's over with now and you can get back to baseball? Yeah, um, it's definitely – I'm not a big guy that, that likes a lot of attention. But, uh, like I said, I, I took full advantage of that yesterday. <laughs> uh, I, I enjoyed it to the fullest. And, um, like I said, I'm, I'm ready to get back to just playing ball and uh, just going out there finding ways to get on base for the guys behind me and uh, helping his team win ball games. This team's won seven in a row. You're playing good baseball right now. Um, what has it been like making the transition back 
into the Milwaukee clubhouse with this young team that seems to gel so well together? It's been an easy transition, actually. Um, like I say it's a when you have a team full of good guys, you know, uh, it's always easy to, to just step in and uh, just 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 click right away. So uh, and that's what I did. You know, uh, we, I came in from day one. The guys welcomed me with open arms, and uh, like I say, it's, it's been it's been a lot of fun. You know, it's been a lot of fun playing with these guys, and uh, we're on a roll right now. So we're trying to keep it going, and uh, make it last as long as possible. You hitting the three spot a lot in Kansas City. You're leading off now, and that's it. It's different, and you're also leading off the National League, which is even more different because. The pitcher hits in front of you most of the time. Uh, how have you had to change your mental approach, if at all, hitting in a different spot in the lineup? I definitely had to change your mental approach. Uh, like I said, I hit it third for KC for a while, and uh, it was more just trying to drive runs in. And now I'm trying to just, you know, you know, uh, have good at bats, you know, uh, swing at quality pitches, uh, you know, get the pitchers count up, um, and just find ways to get on base. You know, um, the mindset is, is is to be on base as much as possible. You know. Um, it's something I'm not used to, but uh, I'm trying to thrive in that role because I feel like it makes our team better, you know, because we got a lot of good hitters behind us. And uh, if I'm on base, you know, uh, we were definitely going to score a lot of runs. Your presence defensively is well noted. I think everybody understands what kind of a defensive player that you are. How have you tried to lead by example out there? You have a great defensive outfielder in Christian Yelich, Ryan Braun, certainly a very veteran guy that understands how to play left field very well. How have you tried to, to add to it beyond just the impact you bring physically, but to, to guys like Domingo Santana too? Yeah, just, just making it fun to, uh, to go out there and make plays. Um, just being a playmaker, you know, that's always something I've, I've, I've strived on being, being a playmaker and uh, just, just, just kind of leading by example, you know, and that's how I go about my business, you know, um, leading the right way, showing guys I'm, I'm out there trying to catch everything. So uh, I don't like when balls fall, get upset when they fall. So, um, you know, just showing the guys the way and uh, just, just let them learn from me and we go from there. Lorenzo, appreciate it. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks for having me. Let's break it down. Jacob, this bullpen has just continued to step up time and time again over the, the first month of this season. Um, do you feel like everybody's gaining confidence together? Uh, yeah. Um, I think even, you know, at the end of spring training, we all kind of got together and, you know, um, we were kind of pitching um, pretty well and we all felt pretty confident going into it. And uh, obviously we had a little bump when Corey got uh, injured, but uh Besides that, I mean, it's been it's been pretty good so far in the pen, and uh, we you know we, we we know we've had to kind of step up a little more than uh, we thought we would have at this time, but um, that's part of the job, and so uh, we've been happy to do it. Is it kind of fun that you guys are able to, to be a little unconventional at times too? The two inning saves, the um, you know go out there and cover four or five outs instead of just three. Is is that fun for you guys? Uh, it is. It's different. Um, you, you know you never really know what each day is going to bring. It, obviously, you know it's routines a little easier in a sense sometimes if you know just a set you know schedule you know you have the eighth or you have the ninth whatever but um it always keeps it interesting and keeps you locked in the game when you know you don't know if you have to get the you know the five outs or the two inning save or um you could save one game and the next day come in the fifth inning so um you always just got to be ready you got to be watching the game which which i think helps everyone because uh you know we're all ready to do whatever you know whatever's needed whenever the call is you mentioned the Corey injury already, and certainly that was a blow, but in some ways it forces guys to step up and puts other guys in, in high-leverage spots. The depth of this pin seems to really be showing its strength. Yeah, that's that's the biggest thing is, um, like you said, him going down, obviously no one wanted that. Um, luckily it wasn't as severe as it originally looked. But um, we, we this year we have a lot of depth, which I think 
um, has been showing so far and uh, a lot of guys who are able to do multiple different roles. Um, so whenever one person's down, um, Council's able to use different guys in different situations, unlike he might have been able to do before. So um, I think that's definitely a strength of, of how deep we are down there and uh, so far been consistent. You had like 20 big league appearances before last season under your belt. And so last year was your first full year in the big leagues. You make over 70 appearances. What did you learn through all of that, the highs and the lows and, and what you can do, what you maybe can't get away with? What, yeah. what did you learn from, from last season and how is it impacting you this year? Because it seems like you're up to a great starting end. Yeah, you just you, you learn that there's there's always going to be ups and downs through the season, and uh, sometimes um, you can't put too much pressure on yourself because sometimes you can you can execute pitches and um, do exactly what you you plan to do, and uh, you're just out there so many times that at some point those things just you know a uh, swinging bunt or a broken bat hit like little things end up happening to where you just have to keep the right mindset, um, and I think last year was was. Uh, big for me for that because I kind of after the season was done I, I look back at the good things and the bad things and I tried to learn as far as um, you know okay when things went bad why did they go bad and and was it because I didn't execute or what and so I, I kind of took a step back and said okay don't put yourself in this position because if something you know doesn't happen like you expected um, you can minimize the damage. Jacob Barnes is our guest here on the On Deck Show, built by Menards. Um, working with Jeff Bandy, Jacob Nottingham's been up. Manny, of course, uh, going to be back in there uh, here very soon as well. Those three guys, comfort level with all of them? I mean, Jacob seemed to fit right in. Yeah, um, I haven't thrown to him yet this year, um, but as far as from what the other guys have said, they, they said that he fit in well and he, he listened to what everyone kind of liked to do, and um, um, he... he you know, he called the game that everyone wanted. Yeah. Um, so at the end of the day, that's, you know, that's the biggest thing for a catcher is be able to relate and understand what a pitcher wants to do so that it's an easier game for them just to see a see a sign and, and be able to throw it. So, um, he, he you know, he, he came up and he's done a good job so far. And obviously, Bandy's, Bandy's been, you know, always he's always been a great catcher back there and uh, studies the game hard knows uh, knows the other team's weaknesses and um, and your strengths and he's and he uh, makes a plan for everyone to that and then obviously Manny you know he's um, he's hurt right now but when, when he was healthy he uh, he does what he does he's, he's naturally talented and um, he's able to obviously call good games and, and uh, everyone likes throwing him Jake we appreciate it yeah thank you Bill Schroeder of Fox Sports Wisconsin, of course, a former Brewer and current Brewers television analyst with us here on Brewers on Tap. And Rock, sad news uh, earlier this week uh, for, for you and really everybody uh, around the Brewers organization with the passing of Davey Nelson. Uh, this is a guy that seemed to bring smiles to everybody's faces when they had a chance to spend time with him. And um, I guess in some ways I would say it's been inspiring this week to look back on his legacy because it was certainly immense, not just in baseball, but in how he impacted people's lives away from it too. I mean, everybody, you know, loved Davey Nelson. And, and to describe Davey, uh, you could just sum it up in one word, friend. I mean, he was a friend to everybody. And you, you miss him for a lot of different reasons. You know, you love to see him around the ballpark. He was heavily involved in a lot of things with the Brewers and Fox Sports Wisconsin and charities all over the place but uh, you know he, he's a friend to everybody and he always when you spent time with Davey uh, whether it be you go to lunch or you go to the ballpark it's it's always Davey knows everybody you know and uh, you feel better about yourself when you uh, when you were talking with Davey and um, 
He's always had a smile on his face, loved what he was doing. And, um, you know, I guess his legacy is going to be just, you know, everybody's friend. The guys in the clubhouse seem to really take to Davey, too. Uh, you saw all of the players tweeting about uh, their thoughts on Davey after his passing, and you realize that he formed a strong relationship with a lot of guys in there, and, and they looked up to him in a lot of ways. And he did. I mean, and, and it wasn't just, you know, as an analyst or part of the alumni, as we mentioned before, but um, kind of a mentor. You know, Davey has uh, he's done a lot of things, and he's seen a lot of players. He's good buddies with Hall of Famers, and he's had, you know, he, he deals with uh, kids over in Africa that really are down on their luck and have had a lot of different issues. But, um, you know, he, 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 he relates to them on a level that a lot of us really don't and we don't get an opportunity to, is just because of his nature. He just has a welcoming nature. He's almost like a father figure to a lot of the guys, maybe even a grandfather figure to some of these guys who are very young with the Brewers. So, yeah, I mean, that's a gift. I mean, it's a gift to be able to, you know, go to people and they open up to you, and that's uh, something that we all would would like to be able to say we have. Was it hard to believe when you sat down and thought about it that, the first game after Davey passed, we're at Kauffman Stadium where he was the first batter in this ballpark's history um, against a team that he played for. And, of course, with the Brewers, who he spent 12 years as the uh, alumni director and then, of course, a, a handful of years as well as first base coach. Isn't it weird how it worked out that way? Maybe that's the way Davey wanted it. Yeah. You know, you never know. I mean, you know, I saw him uh, – on the Friday before he passed away, and um, you know, you talk to Davey, and he, you know, you try and get a sense for how you're feeling. You know, tell me what's going on. He doesn't want to tell. He don't want to talk about it. He want to talk about the team and how how proud he was of everybody and the fact that you know, telling everybody he's, we're doing a good job on the air and you're really listening. And but um, you know, maybe maybe that was his way of uh, you know telling us that uh, you know I'm not I'm not leaving you. Yeah. You know, I'm, I might be leaving. Leaving this world, but uh, you, you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be with you, and um, you know, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, uh, you know, Davey had a way with him, and um, it's good that we b- were able to remember him on the air. Um, I first came back, but um, gonna miss him. Gonna miss him. It's tough talking about it, but I think that that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Everybody needs to, uh, you know, kind of talk about it, and kind of that's our way of healing it. And one of the things Davey would want us <coughs> to do is to continue to talk a lot about the Brewers, and uh, certainly. Um, in, the, in the midst of, of that sad story, um, a positive story going on on the field uh, in the way that this team has certainly played over the last couple of weeks and, and putting themselves at a spot where they're now at 15-9 and nine and they've won seven in a row. Um, this, is a, this is the team we thought we were going to get at the beginning of spring training. They're, they're doing all the little things right. The defense has been cleaned up. Bullpen's been great. I mean, this is uh, this has been a fun baseball team to watch over the first month of the season. Yeah, and they've overcome a lot with injuries, right? I mean, you know, your number one starter, he's not going to be ready probably till July. Um, you know, Corey Knavel, you miss your closer, and the bullpen has been just phenomenal. I mean, these guys, you know, they don't know when they're going to pitch. I mean, every one of them to a man out there is able to go multiple innings, and I think that's kind of a trend in baseball now. But these guys have been – Terrific starting pitching is really starting to put things together. The last two times through the rotation uh, ha- have been very good. Defense is tightening up. You know, offense is going to come and go. I mean, we can talk all about the offense, but uh, these guys are going to score runs. But I think what's going to keep these guys in the contention um, and hopefully get to the playoffs is, is the pitching, the starting pitching, and, uh, and their defense. And uh, that's starting to tighten up. I think we all knew Lorenzo Cain's a special player when the Brewers signed him. 
but he's leading off, and he really hit in the three spot for the majority of his career in Kansas City. It's a different mindset. And he brought up a good point yesterday that now he's also hitting behind the pitcher because he's in the National League, and that wasn't something he ever had to worry about as an American League hitter. And yet here he is. He, he leads the team in walks. He really grasped, hey, my role's a little different, and this is how I'm going to go about it. And, and, and it seems like he's made that transition pretty seamless. Well, he is who he is, right? I mean, it's up to the manager to put guys in spots in the batting order where they're comfortable and the, you know, the kind of player than the hitter that they are. I mean, this is no different for Kane than – you know, batting third or batting seventh. I mean, he is who he is. I don't think he's making any adjustments because he's a leadoff hitter. He's a guy that puts the ball in play, and uh, he's drawing his walks. He's getting on base. I mean, he's just uh, he's just a guy that inspires the rest of the lineup along with Yelich. I mean, we've been talking about those two guys for, yeah. you know, in spring training and, you know, their impact on the lineup, and I think it's legitimate because, uh, they you know, they work the count, and um, it's always nice to have Ryan Braun and Travis Shaw and those guys coming up with one or two of those guys on base all the time because they're going to get strikes to hit. So um, brilliant move by David Stearns one day in J- January to get those two guys. It's changed completely changed the, the look of the lineup. It's a much tougher lineup to pitch to now because I think that um, you know, their influence has got these guys – you know, looking at the red bats a little bit differently, shortening up, trying to get the, put the bat on the baseball with two strikes. You mentioned the injuries this team's fought through, and uh, that's been one of the storylines early in the season. But maybe one of the most positive storylines has been the reemergence of Junior Guerra. That seems to really, when he got back into the rotation and he started pitching like he's been pitching since he's been in the rotation mm-hmm. this year, it really seemed to, to kind of calm the waters all across that rotation, along with Chase Anderson, who you know what you're going to get with him. And, Zach Davies has been pitching much better here recently, too. And you root for a guy like Junior, right? I mean, you want the guy to do well. I mean, you know, he's been through, you know, everything. He's pitched all over the place. And, uh, you know, that first year that he was here, outstanding work. He was he surprised people. Um, but I think, you know, he, he pitched a lot, you know, two years ago. And I think he caught up with him a little bit last year. He got himself out of his mechanics, uh, winter ball over the offseason. And uh, now he's back to what Junior was doing two years ago. And, it's a great story, and um, you know those are the guys that you, you know, you, you always need surprises on your roster. Somebody you don't really expect, and I don't know how many people were expecting Junior Gary to be the guy he was two years ago, right? I mean, nobody was even talking about Junior a whole lot in the off season in spring training. He had a good spring, but um, you know, the Brewers starting rotation to a man, I think, is starting to turn things around. They're starting to take the pressure off the bullpen a little bit, and um, you know. These, this pitching staff has been incredible. I mean, you can't talk about the, you know the bullpen enough. I hate to switch gears, but this yeah. this bullpen just unbelievable. And I think you know the unsung hero, maybe one of the MVPs of the bullpen, has been Jeremy Jeffress. I mean, unbelievable stuff. You know, the starters closer, Craig Council likes to likes to call him. I mean, you don't know if he's going to finish the game and close, or he's going to come in in the sixth inning and put out a fire like he did uh, back at Miller Park. So. Um, this guy's got it going on. I mean, if they stay healthy, they're you know they're getting healthy. Unfortunately, with Thames going on a DL, but um, you know you, you, you kind of tread water through all the injuries. But now they're starting to get healthy, and now they you know they won. They got a nice stretch going. Hey, you touched. On, I think one of the most unique things to watch this team in is is how Craig Council manages that bullpen. It used to be seventh inning, eighth inning, ninth inning. Everybody kind of had their inning, and and that's not the way the Brewers are doing it. They're letting guys go get six outs. And they have so much depth. I think it allows them to do that. They can they can mix and match, and they can use guys in different roles. And it's certainly been a huge advantage for this team 
uh, at least early on in the season. Rock, we appreciate it. Thanks so much for sharing your time. Thanks for having me, bud. Good talking to you. Checking in on the farm. Well, a little quicker edition of checking in on the farm this week with uh, all of our conversations with Lorenzo Kane and Jacob Barnes and Bill Schroeder. We'll still jump around and look at the Brewers minor leagues in Class Triple A. Colorado Springs Sky Sox are 13 and six. They have gotten tremendous pitching out of Freddie Peralta. That's been one of the big highlights for them. He is four and zero with a 1.29 ERA so far on the season. He actually climbs the mound tonight for the Sky Sox against the Omaha Storm Chasers in Colorado Springs. In AA, Biloxi is off to a good start as well. They are 13-7. Cody Ponce will get the ball today for the Biloxi Shuckers. Carolina is uh, above 500 as well in Class A Advanced in the Carolina League. The Mudcats are sitting at 10-9. They play a doubleheader on Wednesday at home against Myrtle Beach. And then in Class A, the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers are off to a tough start, 5-14. and 14. They host the Clinton Lumber Kings uh, this afternoon, Wednesday afternoon, essentially, uh, for the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers. Uh, we told you, though, the Sky Sox off to a good start. They have gotten some really good performances. Specifically, we talked about Freddie Peralta and what he's done so far. He's been the guy he was in double-A last year, the guy he was in high-A last year as well. It's been really impressive to see what he's been able to do. But also for the Sky Sox, some guys at the plate that are getting it done. Mauricio Dubon is um, absolutely on fire at the plate right now. He has a 14-game hitting streak currently for the Sky Sox. He went 2-for-4 on Wednesday night. Uh, Dubon with a double. Uh, he drove in three. His average is up to 319 now on the season. Brett Phillips is hitting 340. He went 3-for-5 on Wednesday night as well. So Brett Phillips doing what he's supposed to do at the AAA level also. So it's been impressive so far for Colorado Springs with what some of these guys have been able to do uh, at the AAA level. From a AA standpoint, the the Shuckers have gotten some good pitching. Uh, Luis Ortiz has been very good, along with a few other names. Thomas Jenkins is 4-0 right now at the 2.55 ERA. At the plate, uh, Corey Ray got off to a really good start. He slowed down just a little bit here recently, but he's still hitting 253 on the season. He collected a hit uh, on Wednesday night, and Jake Gatewood started to heat up. He had a really tough start to the year, but another home run on Wednesday night, a couple more driven in. It looks like Jake Gatewood is starting to get settled in at the AA level uh, also. So that's a good sign because Jake Gatewood's a guy that the Brewers would like to see take that next step and get himself into that AAA conversation uh, before it's all said and done. So those are some of the prospects really turning heads right now uh, for the Brewers at the, the higher levels, at the AAA and at the AA level. Keston Hura has been off to a slower start in Class A advanced. He's hitting just 185. He did collect a hit on Wednesday night. Okay, uh, we're going to see what's coming up. Here's what's on tap. Well, Saturday night is the Kenny Chesney concert at Miller Park. Uh, the tour recently releasing additional inventory. You can make sure that you're at the ballpark to witness the country music legend live and in person. You also have some opening acts that are pretty good. Thomas Rhett, I've seen him. He's great. He's great in concert. Old Dominion's going to be there. Brandon Lay. Uh, to secure your tickets, visit brewers.com slash chesney. Uh, also, then the Pirates coming to town uh, at the end of next week. It's a uh, 
long road trip right now for the crew, but they're going to be back at Miller Park. It'll be the 4th, 5th, and 6th of May. The 4th Star Wars night, 710 start. The 5th, I bet you can guess what that is, Cinco de Mayo. A chorizo mariachi bobblehead, special ticket package. And the 6th, a lightweight hoodie for the first 20,000 fans, courtesy of Boston Store. That's a 110 start. Saturday game, the Cinco de Mayo game I just told you about, that's a 610 start as well. You can book your seats for that series by visiting brewers.com slash tickets. Okay, that's going to do it for us in episode number 114 of Brewers on Tap. Thank you for joining us. We will talk to you again next week from Cincinnati.